Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And I just want to do a massive call out to all the Vegan Business Tribe members especially those who have been so active in our community hub on Slack at the moment. And we've been having discussions from everything from running Facebook adverts through to setting up vegan book clubs. And if you only listen to this podcast, but you are not yet a member of Vegan Business Tribe, then you are missing out on the vast majority of our content, our community and our support. Now, It's only £12.99 a month to be a member of Vegan Business Tribe, and there's no minimum membership length on that, which, as I like to say, that £12.99 a month, that works out about the same as buying a cup of coffee a week from your local coffee shop. And by being a member, not only are you making sure that I can keep recording this podcast every week and keep championing vegan businesses, but you also get full access to the website, all our weekly content, our marketing course on how to promote a vegan business, and our regular online networking events and meetups with other members. Because we know that sometimes when you have a vegan business, it can feel like you're doing it all on your own. And you're not. You are really not. There are thousands of other ethical vegans just like you running their own businesses worldwide. And if you want to connect with some of them whilst at the same time getting support from myself and Lisa, then go check out the website and consider joining us. We also have a number of patrons. Now, patrons are our members that pay that bit more to support our mission. And I just wanted to do a quick shout out to Nick Mayhew, who runs VFIN and Peak Business Finance. So if you're looking to raise capital for a vegan business, maybe you need to buy equipment or take out a loan, then take a look at Peak businessfinance.co.uk and you know you'll be dealing with a great ethical vegan just like you and our latest patron is Keith Lesser from Vegan Accountants yes we actually have vegan accountants now and Keith he's always giving great advice to our members in our community hub so just go take a look at veganaccountants.co.uk to book a chat with Keith and to find out more. So what are we talking about this week? Well, there are certain questions that we get asked a lot at Vegan Business Tribe. You know, the kind of questions that get asked over and over again. And one of them is about scaling up a business because there does seem to be a chasm, both in practicality and in understanding, about how you take a business from where you are now to serving a mass market. For example, You might be making a product at the moment, maybe even in your own home or your own kitchen. So how do you go from where you are now to getting that product into independent retailers or even into supermarkets and beyond? Now, I will start with a disclaimer. 
covering the topic of scaling up a business in just one half-hour podcast episode, that's not going to answer everyone's questions. The actual steps your business will need to take to scale up, they're going to be unique to you. Different types of businesses have different challenges to scaling up. So, for example, if you're a tech business, maybe you're developing something like a vegan app, then you will have very different challenges in scaling up than a food business will have. So, if by the end of this session, I've not answered your question, then do come and find me. Hunt me down on LinkedIn. Just search for David Pennell or come join us on Vegan Business Tribe and we'll book in a one-to-one to talk about your particular business. But what we can do in a session like this is look at the foundations of how a business scales up. The things that all companies who manage to grow to serve a mass market have in common. And this scaling up idea, it might not quite work as you first think. Because one of the reasons we're talking about scaling up today is because we have just released our brand new scale up interview series on the Vegan Business Tribe website. And there we talk to three successful vegan businesses about how they scaled up their business. First, we interviewed Zoe Henderson, the founder of Function Alcohol-Free Beer, about how she went from spotting a gap in the market during the first lockdown to having a business that is selling more than a thousand units a month in under a year. I then spoke with Chris Kong, an Oxford University graduate and the co-founder of Better Nature Tempeh, which you can buy in more than 200 retailers across the UK. And I talked to Chris about how they launched and scaled up really quickly. In fact, they hit their first 50 retailers in less than six months from launch. And finally, I interviewed the founder of Miami Burger, Tom Bursnell about how they got their frozen burger products into the supermarkets, listed in hundreds of Holland and Barrett stores across the UK, on online retailers such as Ocado, and on the menu in chain restaurants such as Turtle Bay. Now, you will have noticed that those three companies, they are all food and drink companies. And if you do indeed make a food or drink product, as many vegan companies do, then you will get that bit more insight from watching these three interviews. But what really surprised me when I watched back all the interviews to write up my own notes is that the industry you are in, it actually doesn't really matter. The basic foundations of scaling up a business, or maybe more importantly, of creating a business that is designed to go mass market, is the same no matter what industry you are in. And that's what we're going to concentrate on today in this session. However, the series on the website, that's got over three hours of video content and some introductions from myself. And that's available to all Vegan Business Tribe members to watch back as part of their monthly membership. So once we finish this session, make sure that you do head over to the website to watch them in full. Because you will learn a lot from these people. And this is the really important thing to remember. The best people to learn any business skills from are the people who have actually done it. 
So if you're sat there scratching your head, not knowing how to scale up your business or how to market your business or just how to grow your business, then don't just sit there waiting for inspiration. There are plenty of people who have done exactly what you are trying to do. You do not have to reinvent the wheel. You just need to go out there and find them. So that's what we've done with this new scale-up series on the VBT website. We've gone out and found three vegan businesses who have successfully scaled up their business and we've spent an hour with each finding out how. So head over to the website now to watch the preview. Okay, so you might already have a business that you want to scale up and you might be making a vegan food product or you might be offering a vegan service or you might even be running a charity or a not-for-profit. So where do you start? Well, you might be expecting me to say that you need to start by creating your business plan and working out your strategy, but then you would obviously be mistaking me for a bank manager. Now, this might be quite a controversial opinion, but I hate business plans with a passion. Yes, you do need to plan a strategy, but a 50-page doorstop of a document that gets quickly flicked through by your bank manager and then sits in a drawer for three years, that's not going to help you grow your business. A business plan, and especially if you're creating a business plan before you've actually launched a business, it's no more than a guess of what you think might happen. And if I have learnt anything from my 20 plus years of building my own businesses and working with many, many successful companies, is that you very rarely find success in the place you thought you would find it. The entrepreneur journey, it's not a straight line. And so often, I've seen people find success because of a chance encounter or by learning something new after they got a product to market and then observed how people interacted with it. And the most successful businesses that I have ever worked with, they had their business plans on a single sheet of paper that they could stick to the wall because you need to be flexible with your plan. You have to go where the business is and follow the opportunities as you discover them. And this is something that came up in all three interviews that we did with founders for our Scale Up series. They all said this exact same thing. Having the right entrepreneur mindset is crucial to growing and then scaling a business. You have to follow those opportunities and be open to receiving them when they come. Let's take a look at Miami Burger. Now, Tom, he is a great guy. He is an ethical a vegan as you will ever meet. And he launched Miami Burger, not really to make money. He already had another successful business, but he launched it to simply try to get healthier, better quality fast food to the public. And Miami Burger, that you can now buy across the UK, either frozen through retailers or on the menu of restaurants, they first actually started out as a fast food restaurant themselves. They positioned themselves as a healthier, more ethical version of McDonald's, and they never led with the vegan message, even though everything was vegan on the menu. And originally... The idea was to grow the business 
as a fast food chain, Tom had a vision of a Miami burger restaurant in every city throughout the UK. But that's not how it worked out. The restaurant, it had a loyal following, but it never particularly made much money. Now, it would have been easy to just keep running the restaurant because that's what they thought the business was, waiting for this explosion of growth and new customers that just would have never have come. But Tom used this as a learning experience. He used the restaurant to really understand what people wanted and to test the concept. And what he realised was that the restaurant itself, that wasn't the product. It was the healthy burger that tasted like it really shouldn't be healthy that they had developed and designed that was the actual product. Now, they could have just stuck with the original plan and said, well, to get this product to more people, then we just need to open more restaurants. Or they could separate the two, the product and the restaurant. And that's what they did. They started supplying other restaurants in town with their burger on the back of customer demand for more restaurants to offer plant-based options. And Tom realised that this was a far better way to build a business. Why take decades to get to 30 restaurants of your own and then take on all that risk when they could instead sell their products through other people's? And it was the right decision. The restaurant, it didn't survive in the long term, but the brand and the burgers did. And this is a hard decision for anyone to make with their business. Coming to terms that the idea you first start out with might not be the idea that you'll find success with. It might not be the thing that scales. But until you actually get a product into the hands of customers, you don't have all the information you need to create a business that will scale. Sometimes the answer to scaling up isn't to scale up the business you currently think you have. Now, when I'm writing these podcasts, I do feel like I'm popping people's bubbles. and I'm being a little bit blunt with some of my opinions, but if you're looking to build a business that will scale, then it's important to get started with that business as soon as you possibly can and realise that you are starting out without all the answers. You are going to have to pick them up along the way. And if you worry too much about the journey in its entirety, then you will never, ever get the project off the ground. And again, this can be a surprise to hear, but you will hear the same message again and again from people who have built successful businesses. We think that people, I don't know, they go to business school and they spend six months creating a plan and then they go out and find funding and investors and then launch this perfect business that is just designed to go mass market and that's what happens. But that couldn't be further from the truth. So Chris Kong, the co-founder of Better Nature Tempeh, he tells me in his interview on the VBT website that the mindset of any good entrepreneur should be to try and kill an idea as soon as possible. Now, that sounds really counterintuitive. But before you commit five or maybe even 10 years of your life 
to trying to scale up a business, you need to do everything you can to make sure that your idea isn't destined for a dead end. Because most ideas, they do fail. So the quicker you can find out if yours is one of them, the quicker you can move on to the next thing that might have a better chance. And what is also counterintuitive is the idea that the best way to scale a business is to not get too hung up on scalability right at the start. Prove the business first. Now, your first 100 customers, they are the most important customers you will ever have. Bend over backwards for them. Treat each as if they are your only customer, and they will teach you everything you need to know about your product or service and what people want. Get your new products into their hands as soon as possible and get their feedback. Get them to be part of your journey. Make them part of your business growth. And if you treat them right, they will bring more people to you. So worry about scaling up only once that starts to happen because Scale will happen organically if you build a loyal band of customers who rave about you to all their friends and contacts. So what we're starting to work out is that the secret to scaling a business isn't actually what we think it is. It's not about just taking your business that perhaps isn't doing that great at the moment and thinking that more sales is the answer. It's about testing. It's about getting your product or service into the hands of as many people as you can and then finding the thing that naturally starts to scale itself and then focusing on that. Like Miami Burger, it wasn't the restaurant that people wanted. It was the burger. And had they tried to scale the restaurant, they would have likely soon been out of business. Like Better Nature Tempeh, Chris found that it wasn't actually Tempeh that people wanted. In fact, most people had never even heard of Tempeh. They wanted a meat-free alternative to familiar products like barbecue ribs or mints, which is what Better Nature started making, but out of Tempeh. And it's also just like when Lisa and I started to build Vegan Business Tribe. If we had built what we were actually planning to build, then you would not be listening to this podcast now. Instead, we built up an audience and then learned from that audience the actual thing they wanted and scaled that up into a community that people would be happy to pay for. And this is important. If you try to scale the business that you think people want, but you have struggled to prove then you're going to also struggle to scale it. The biggest problem that most people hit when they try to scale a business is that it's not been proven or disproven yet. So your first step to scaling is test, test, and then test again. And if a thing you're testing isn't taking off, then test something else until you find the thing that does. And be open that it might not be your core product or business as it stands at the moment that is going to be the thing that's going to scale up. Okay, so 
once you have actually found the thing that's starting to scale, so it's starting to take off on its own, you've not been able to kill the idea, no matter how much you've tried, then how do you take that thing and scale up your business to take that product to more people? Well, especially if you're making a physical product. So if you are making food or products that you can wear or hold in your hand, then money is going to be one of the first questions that you come up against. And as I said right at the start, there are some questions that we get asked a lot at Vegan Business Tribe, and getting funded is probably the biggest one. And again, I feel like I'm going to be bursting some people's bubbles here, but funding doesn't work like you probably think it does. People think that they can come up with a great idea and the idea alone is good enough to get someone to give you the money to implement it and then to scale it up. But it isn't. The vast majority of small businesses start out by funding themselves. You might get a small grant or you might be able to crowdfund a part of what you're looking to raise, but usually... Getting funded means getting a bank loan or using your savings or even maxing out some credit cards to give you some capital. Because very, very few investors will invest in just an idea, even if it's a vegan idea and they are vegan themselves. Because there's a rule in business that says you should only ever put money into something that has been proven to work so that you can make it work bigger and better. Contradictory to popular opinion, investors, they're not betting people. They will only put money either into a business that has already been proven so that they can help it grow further and help it make more money, meaning that they can get a better return on their investment. Or they invest in businesses that are set up by people who have already grown successful businesses in the past and they think they're going to do it again. So unless you've got one of those two things, so you've proven your business is already making good money and with someone's investment, it will make a lot more, or you've already got a string of successful businesses behind you, unless this is you, you're going to have a really hard time getting investors interested yet. Again, sorry to burst your bubble, but if you need money to scale up, then you're probably going to need a plan B. And it might be a loan, or it might be a family member or a friend. And that makes it all the more important that you have tested first and got the business making some money. And that's not a bad thing. As I said, you should only ever put money into something that you have already proven is working to make it work better. And if it's your own money or even a friend's money that you're putting into a business, then that will just make you really take that philosophy to heart. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't start building up your contacts and start looking for people who might be able to help you in the future. Building up good, high quality contacts in the industry you are in, 
That is really important to scaling a business. So many businesses I know that have successfully scaled up, they have done so because of a relationship they've developed with somebody several years earlier, or they've created an encounter because they had put themselves out there amongst people that they knew could help. They had attended all the networking events and they've used LinkedIn really well to make good connections. And this is something that Zoe, the founder of Function Beer, talks about a lot in her interview in our Scale Up series. You need to build up a network around you to put yourself in a position to receive opportunities. And you have to be open to receiving them. Zoe told me of how sometimes she'd have 10 Zoom calls a day back to back with people and think that she got nothing out of any of the conversations, that she just completely wasted her day until weeks or sometimes even months later that one of those conversations turned into something or that she got something out of a call that wasn't the thing she went into that call expecting, such as being invited to get her brand showcased at a festival or getting a personal invitation to a pitching event that she didn't know about. So if you want to scale a business, then you need to put yourself out there. And that means developing a tough skin for the rejections because amongst those rejections will be the opportunities also. Or it might be that you plant a seed that you reap six months later. But what you must not forget is that as a vegan company, you've got something that other businesses don't. You've got a shortcut to other people who have got the same ethics that you do. And there are now vegan investment funds like Beyond Animal and Veg Capital who are picking up vegan brands and helping them scale once they've proven their product in the marketplace. So reaching out and getting to know the people that are involved with these funds and who are working in this sector now, that's not a bad idea. And because you are vegan and they are vegan, you will find that you can use your shared ethics to make connections that you just couldn't make in any other business sector. You can, and you should, use the ethical and vegan connection you have to reach out and get to know other companies and professionals who will be able to help your brand. But don't go straight in asking them for help or money. Just ask them for advice. Because... At the best, they may offer to help when the time is right, but at worst, you'll have made a new, top-quality connection and come away with some insight that you didn't have before. And LinkedIn, it's your friend here, and it's really underused by so many companies, but you will find that amazing people who are making lots happen in the vegan business scene, they're only a couple of clicks away. And that might be people who can help you with manufacturing, people who might want to stock your product, or just people who have already done what you are trying to do. And they're happy to give back to another vegan business who is a few years behind them. LinkedIn 
It's also the place to go to find buyers if you are trying to get into retail. And it's worth us taking a few moments to talk about getting into retail because if you sell a physical product, then breaking into retail can often play a big part in being able to scale up. But if you've never worked with retailers before, then it's not always obvious where to start. Do you just pack up what you make into a samples case and go start knocking on the doors of your local health food shops, for instance? Well, you can do that. And especially in the early days when you're testing your product out, that might not be a bad idea. But be under no illusion that getting into retail is hard. Staying in retail is even harder because somebody might take on your products for a month just to see how it sells. But if it doesn't fly off the shelves, then they won't be reordering. And the key to breaking into retailers is actually by getting picked up by wholesalers first. These are the companies who are already supplying hundreds, maybe even thousands of stores, and they will manage the distribution and relationships with these shops for you. So if you run an independent store, then you don't want to receive lots of different invoices from lots of different suppliers and have to order direct from every one of the 200 brands you stock. You don't want to have deliveries coming every day and people dropping in with the boxes of their products morning, noon and night. You want to buy all your products from a single wholesaler so you get a single delivery day every week and a single invoice that you'll probably have 60 days to pay. Wholesalers, they also often give extra rebates on the entire order or they give cashback offers. So retailers know that they will get the products even cheaper than buying direct from the manufacturer. So identifying the wholesalers that your target retailers use is really important. And you can do this simply by asking them. So walk into a shop that you'd like to be stocked in and ask from who they buy their products from. And again, this is why it's really important to build up your network early and learn how to tell your story in a really short, concise way for when you need to introduce your company. Better Nature Tempeh, they actually got approached by their first wholesaler whilst there were events like the Just V Show when they were testing their products on the public. Naked Bars, who sold the business for more than £60 million, they spent years exhibiting at shows like VegFest UK in the early days. Because these are the kind of places where buyers and wholesalers hang out looking for new, exciting products. But they might need to see you a few times before they approach you, just to make sure that you are going to stay around and that you are established. And once Chris and Better Nature Tempeh did get into their first wholesaler, they then drove around every single shop that that wholesaler supplied, giving them samples and letting the retailers know that they could now buy this product from the wholesaler that they already used. And if they agreed to take on the product, then Chris and his team, they would do everything they could to support that retailer and draw more orders through the wholesaler. 
they would go down and spend the morning at the store, giving away samples outside, getting a bit of PR going. And when they did this, that store would sell out their entire week's stock in half a day, meaning that they had to order more from the wholesaler. They gave the retailer exciting display materials like leaflets and recipe cards to help them sell more of their product. And not only did this strategy create real momentum and build up a personal relationship with the store owner, but creating this strong pull-through with their first wholesaler allowed them then to take really impressive sales figures to the next wholesaler that they pitched at. Better Nature Tempeh, they are listed by just eight wholesalers, but those eight wholesalers service for more than 200 retailers that the product is sold through, and it is far easier to market and maintain a relationship with just eight companies, so those eight wholesalers, than trying to individually break into 200 separate retailers. Scaling up a business also comes with problems and compromises that you might just not have thought of before. So even if you're selling a service, increasing the number of customers means expanding your resources and maybe even your staff. And whilst creating jobs is really, really good, there is nothing that takes money away from your bottom line and takes time away from you doing your job than employing people. Working with larger companies on bigger projects, this also brings its own issues, such as these companies demanding a higher level of service and quicker response times. So unless you have experience of running a workforce and dealing with larger customers, you might want to keep testing until you find a part of your business that can scale without having to increase resources. Your brand also has to be a lot stronger, probably than it is now, when you scale up a business. Because have you ever walked down a supermarket aisle and seen a product that looks like the label was designed in Microsoft Word? No, of course you haven't. That's because branding plays a huge part in somebody engaging with your company or picking up your product if they don't know you yet. And if you are scaling a business, then you're going to be relying on convincing people who don't know you to try you. So having a strong brand, that's as important as the quality of a product you're selling. And it might be that addressing this becomes a large part of your initial scaling up budget, especially if you're trying to get into retailers. For them to consider taking your product on, they need to see a brand that is absolutely going to jump off the shelf. And this was a big part of the three brands that we interviewed for the VBT site, Function Beer, Better Nature and Miami Burger. They all had products with really cool, pick-upable brands. And those brands, they were all developed really early on. You're also almost certainly going to have to make compromises when you scale. So be ready for this. If you're making a food product, then there is going to be a big difference between something that you make in your own kitchen and something made in a factory. 
retailers, they're going to be asking for a shelf life of at least six months, if not a year or longer, for them to take on your product. And to achieve that, you might need to add a preservative or some citrus juice, or do you have to sterilise a product or pasteurise it or filter it? And this will change the product. Or that cool custom-made packaging that you really want. It's only available if you order 10,000 units, and that's more than you've sold since you launched the business. But sometimes you need to get into the mentality that you are building a business that is going to scale. And that means making compromises now that you can then work on rolling back later. And one really interesting point when we're talking about production or manufacturing, looking at the three founders that we interviewed for the service, none of them ever thought about trying to make the product themselves because they knew that that was always going to be a barrier to scaling up the business. Zoe from Function Beer knew absolutely nothing about how to make beer when she came up with the idea of creating a vegan, alcohol-free beer made from functional mushrooms. And she had no intention of learning either. She wasn't a hobby home brewer. She just had a background in the industry and she knew there was a market for the product. So her first job was to work with a brewery to develop it. Miami Burger, they got a factory involved in making their burgers when they just had a single restaurant. It means that they didn't have to employ people to make them in the restaurant and they were consistent every time. It also meant, though, that they had to fund the product being made up front. And this can be a huge hidden cost that you haven't considered. If somebody else is manufacturing your product for you, then they will want paying upfront straight away. You will need to commit to minimum order quantities for your first run, which might be a potential big financial outlay. And their minimum order might also be a lot more than you need right now. So be prepared for that to incur a cost as well. Miami Burger, they had to pay for frozen storage of all the products that they didn't yet need. But they were also grateful for the two-year shelf life that they had designed in too. And I think the final point, which is actually something that we've been talking about a lot at Vegan Business Tribe, but it was enforced even more by interviewing Zoe, Chris and Tom, was that businesses need to go beyond just their vegan niche if they're going to scale up. The majority of Better Nature Tempeh customers, they're not vegan. And in fact, vegan customers are not even their target market. When Lisa and I first set up our vegan consultancy to help companies better understand the vegan marketplace, it was the high street brands and the non-vegan food manufacturers that started contracting us to work with them. If you want to go mass market, then it's really important that you develop a product, a service or a brand that can cross-sell beyond just one niche. For example, Function Beer attracts 
the craft beer enthusiasts. It also attracts people who like to drink alcohol-free on occasion, and also people who like to consume functional mushrooms for health benefits. And before you ask, no, the beer doesn't get you high. It's not those kind of mushrooms that it's made from. So again, you really need to be open with who your customer is, but also be open to finding a new audience that you never expected to sell to, because that actually might become your best and biggest audience. The plant-based market is becoming more competitive, especially as the large brands, they can cross-subsidize to bring down the sales price of their plant-based lines. But it also means that these markets are getting more mainstream, and that means that your slice of the pie will get bigger too. Right, let's just run back over what we've discussed in this session on scaling up a vegan business. And as I said right at the start, make sure that you do go check out the full series of interviews with Zoe, Chris and Tom in our courses and collection section of the Vegan Business Tribe website, because we go into a lot more depth on all of these topics. Okay, number one, the basic foundations of scaling up a business are the same, no matter what industry you are in. There are plenty of people who have done exactly what you're trying to do. You do not have to reinvent the wheel. You just need to go out there and learn from them. Two, the entrepreneur journey, it's not a straight line. You very rarely find success in the place you thought you would find it. You have to follow the opportunities and be open to receiving them when they come. Look at Miami Burger. They started out thinking they were in the restaurant business and they weren't. Sometimes the answer to scaling up isn't to scale up the business you currently think you have. Point three, the mindset of any good entrepreneur should be to try and kill an idea as soon as possible. Before you commit five or maybe even 10 years of your life to trying to build something, you need to do everything you can to make sure that your idea isn't destined for a dead end. Four, the biggest problem that a lot of people hit when they try to scale a business is that it's not been proven or disproven yet. So your first step to scaling up is test, test, test. And if the thing you're testing isn't taking off, then test something else until you find the thing that does. Five, the majority of small businesses start out by funding themselves. Investors, they are not betting people and they will only put money either into a business that has already been proven so that they can help it grow further and make more money, or into a business that has been set up by someone they know has already grown successful businesses in the past. If you've got neither of these things, then you're going to need a plan B for funding. Point six, start making contacts in your industry now and develop a thick skin for those rejections when they start coming. Remember, you might think you've spent days wasting your time, but then somebody comes back to you weeks or even months later with an opportunity. Seven, 
If you are wanting to break into retailers, you're usually better to try and get taken on by wholesalers who will manage the logistics for you with the individual stores. But you need to create pull-through so that those stores keep ordering. Put in the hard work to create that momentum yourself. Point eight, scaling up brings compromises. Compromises to your ingredients, your processes, and your overheads. If you are not set up to employ more staff, for instance, then maybe think of a way to scale up without having to hugely increase the resources needed in-house. You don't need to make the products yourself and you might not need to employ your own staff. Number nine, invest in your brand and get it right really early on. Your product, it needs to look like it has already scaled up and is successful. Don't start out looking for funding or for retailers if your brand, your packaging or your website was put together in Microsoft Word. No one will take you seriously. And that might mean an early investment in getting all that sorted out first. And number 10, can your company sell beyond just one niche if you're looking to go mass market? Be open to who your customers might be. Remember that all three founders that I interviewed for our series told me that they had huge non-vegan followings. So the big takeaway from all this is there is no turnkey solution to scaling up your vegan business, even if you're absolutely loaded. Well-funded brands, they appear and disappear overnight without managing to get any traction or a mass market. So-called overnight success vegan products like Oatly and Beyond Meat, they're more than 20 years old. It will be hard work, but the green pound, it's really strong right now. Vegan makes good business sense, both to founders and investors. As I said, don't just take my word for it. There is nothing like listening to the people who have gone out and done it, not just for understanding the work that is needed, but also that it's very doable. Do go to the Vegan Business Tribe website and watch the interviews with Function Beer, Better Nature Tempeh and Miami Burger to hear their story of how they did it, along with some introductions from myself also. And if you're not a member of Vegan Business Tribe yet, well, you've got right to the end of this podcast and you're still listening. So obviously, you've got a real interest in what we're talking about. So if you're not a member, drop me an email on hello at veganbusinesstribe.com and just tell me what's stopping you getting involved because I'd like to know more about you and your business or even just your business idea to see if we can support you and just try and signpost you. And on that note, and we're just about wrapped up now, but before I let you go, I do genuinely have one favour to ask. If you find this podcast really useful, and like I say, you've listened to the end, so don't pretend you're not interested, then it would really help us out if you could either leave a five-star review or a thumbs up if your platform lets you do that, or if you can actually share the podcast with your own contacts. Because Lisa and I, we don't believe that it should be vegan businesses that should have a label. It should be the companies that are not 
that should have to carry a warning. And to make that a reality, our mission at Vegan Business Tribe is to help skill up vegan businesses so that we can get to a vegan world all the more quicker. And you can help us. If you can help us share that mission and message, either by sharing this podcast or coming and joining us at veganbusinesstribe.com, then you're going to help us make all this happen so much more quicker. Or if you're feeling a little bit flush, or if your business wants to support the vegan business scene, then talk to us about becoming a Vegan Business Tribe patron for £99 a month. And let's see if we can give you a bit of visibility in return. So that is it. And thank you so much for giving me your time and listening. I always hugely appreciate it. And I will see you on the next one.